You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hi guys, this is Rick Hadrava and you're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, once again, I'm so glad that you joined us and I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. You know, today's guest is Jerry Reed and Jerry has been the owner and operator of Tulsa-based Rico Enterprises since its founding in 1983. Having established himself as a successful general contractor, Jerry actually diversified his professional resume to include real estate development and investment. By applying the lessons learned from his decades of experience in the construction industry, Jerry developed a very pragmatic approach to the various challenges encountered during the course of a usual project. He is not only backed by strong credentials, but he maintains a history of on-time and on-budget and high-quality project completions. His company, Rico Enterprises, has completed over 100 new buildings in Oklahoma and Arkansas in the last 10 years, as well as numerous tenant build-outs. Jerry has been described to me as a natural networker, always looking for ways to connect people, while he is always looking for ways to grow and profit He is also very charitable with his time and his resources. He is truly the epitome of the over 50 entrepreneur. So I would like to take this moment to welcome Jerry Reed to the over 50 entrepreneur podcast. Jerry, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Rick. I'm looking forward to it. Well, listen, let's just get things going today. Tell us a little bit. How did you get your start in business? I was working as a, um, maintenance electrician and ended up uh, an opportunity got presented uh, to the inside people for a sales position. And so I applied for it and um, was narrowed down to me and two other gentlemen went a little further in the process and narrowed down to me and one more. And I was all excited because I was going to be able to possibly have a company car, and <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a little, little allowance here to, to take clients out and not have to dress and, the greasy clothes any longer. And so I was pretty, pretty pumped and sharing the potential experience with my friends and my wife. And, uh, they, uh, this is early eighties and they, they called me in and, uh, told me that I was the best qualified because I'd been at the company for a while and knew the process. But, uh, they told me that because I had a birthmark on my face that I was going to have to take a, uh, keep the job I had because they were afraid that I would offend some of their clients that obviously put me into a little, uh, down spiral, thinking that I was possibly destined for the rest of my life to be stuck in that kind of a position. Uh, I was spent a lot of time over the years with my grandfather. And so I called my grandfather and he uh, basically told me, he gave me about two hours to get past my pity party and get on with life. So I decided I was not going to allow anyone else to dictate my destiny. So I resigned. Uh, and that's kind of how I got started in the electrical business to start off with. You came up against that adversity and it sounds like your grandfather was somebody in your life that you looked at for advice. I love that, you know, hey, <laughs> get over your pity party. Now what are you going to do? And exactly. So so what what was that early company? You know, what did it look like, Jerry? And, and how did you, how were you successful in transforming that into what you have today? I went to work for a electrical contractor uh, that my brother was working for at the time, uh, not really knowing too 
much about the, uh, the house wiring business. And I saw that um, he was really talented in the office, but uh, I felt like I had more talent in sales and operations. So I went to him and said, hey, if you will uh, give me 50% ownership of this company, I'll run the outside sales. I'll run, <clears throat> run the field. And if I haven't tripled the revenue of this company in one year, I'll give it back to you. And he chose to do so. And that's kind of how I got started in the electrical business. Wow. So um, not to get too personal, but I, I think, you know, you talked about the birthmark. And I, ironically, I have a cousin that was born um, with a birthmark over 90% of her face. And right. I know I know firsthand the challenges she's had in her life. How, how did you overcome that, Jerry? Would you be willing to kind of share that with us? In 19, I'd say early 1990s, I um, was laying in bed um, by myself. I was going through divorce at the time. And I was listening to a, a show, I believe it was called Talk Net with Bruce Williams. And it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And he said that if you want to increase your mental capacity by 30 or 35 percent, I don't recall which one, uh, order this tape series. And it was like $49 and some change. And <clears throat> I really couldn't afford to order it, but increase my mind's capacity. I couldn't afford not to. So I ordered this tape series called Lead the Field with Earl Nightingale. And um, it absolutely changed my life. It got me to believing in myself. And uh, uh, then I started going through some counseling. And over a period of time, uh, I have turned that birthmark into an asset. Um, it, it causes me to push harder. It causes me to um, you know, do things that I wouldn't typically do because I have to prove to myself that, that I can. So every now and then when uh, and i i'll simply simply say this i think it's a god's gift to me now because every now and then when i have a, a success that of some kind that would possibly cause me to feel a little better than i should uh i'll go in front of a mirror and re be reminded that hey you're just you're just normal now get down off your high horse and, and get back in the saddle so it's a uh or help, like get off your high horse get off of it so it's, it's been an asset it's been a benefit i've been able to turn it into that and, and uh, actually it's a blessing now you know, it, it's so funny because successful entrepreneurs that I've known over the years, they all have something internal that keeps them in the game when things get challenging. Um, and most are humble, uh, you know, because they've either they've come from meager beginnings um, or they just know how hard the fight is every day. And so it's it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, and I love I love that you've turned that in. You've turned that into a strength for you. Uh, and I applaud, I, it. I, I applaud it. So in the early years, Jerry, I'm just curious, you get a business started, you, you know, you started this way. What were some of the biggest challenges, you know, in business that you had to overcome? Not having any college. Um, I, I learned a lot in the field. And uh, for the first several years of my electrical business, I uh, would work Monday and Tuesday with my some electricians that work for me. Uh, chase money Wednesday and Thursday so I could make payroll on Friday. And I reached a point where I like that wasn't fun for me anymore. And I knew that I really wanted to get out of the electrical business when I would drive past a project. And I used to say, man, I wonder who's doing that one to the point when I drive past a project and say, I'm glad I'm not. So that was when I transitioned more into the construction side of things, uh, the development side of things. I think the key for me has always been 
Uh, I'm a very people person. I love people. I love putting people together. I went through a program called the Master's Program Strategic Coach a few years back. And and one of my cohorts in there, the guy that went with me, they asked them to identify some of the strengths of the person that you're with. And I found his his comment interesting. He said, uh, Jerry wants everyone to win, even if he has to lose. And he'll do things for you. Well, that's not necessarily, I'm not losing. I, I see if, if I can help somebody a little bit or make a difference in somebody else's life, uh, I win. We both win. And so I think the fact that I was some really a people person, I love to help people. Uh, I love to bring strengths out in people. Um, it's, it's, it's drawn people to me. And when you help, like Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough other, enough other people become successful, you can't help but be successful. And that's kind of like what I like to do. So true. And, you know, as a fellow strategic coach member, Jerry, I don't think that we talked about that earlier. Um, I'm curious if that, if you look at that as your unique ability, because that's one of the things that, that Dan Sullivan and the group talks about is, is what is that one thing that you're really good at? And it sounds like connecting people, not, not so much at your detriment, but where you think there's value, even if it doesn't include you, is the thing that you really enjoy doing. I do. The strategic coach was a tremendous asset to me, and uh, it taught me a lot that that didn't even exist. You know, and uh, and I think that one of the things that I that I got out of it was capitalizing on your unique ability. And my unique ability is putting people together, and uh, you know, trying to find the gaps and help fill them. And it just, it's just a lot of fun. And that's a true secret, I think, for real entrepreneurs. If you help other people succeed, the rest just has a tendency to work itself out. It sure does. So, so Jerry, I'm curious, being an over 50 entrepreneur, welcome to the club. Thank you. <laughs> As you look at business today versus when you were younger, you know, do you, do you go about things the same way today as you did? Um, or what do you do differently? I would say the biggest thing that I do different now is I delegate. Um, I'm not afraid to hire up. Um, as a matter of fact, I've heard it said and I've actually said it. If I'm the smartest person in the room, we're in trouble. And um, so I find people with, with skills that I don't have. And we work together. And then back when I was younger, I wanted to do everything myself. I wanted to be in control. I wanted to see all the the flip all the coins over. Well, it's not that important anymore. You just hire the right people, surround yourself with good people and, and let them win too. Absolutely. Well, I love that. And I think that comes from um, experience and understanding that you don't have to have all the answers and you can be a hero instead of some of those other things that we chase when we're younger. So, so sure. what, what's been the biggest change for you just, just in business in general that you've seen over your career and lifetime? I think that I don't think I know. Um, I don't see, I don't fear challenges anymore. Um, I look for them. And back in the day when I started or, or early in my career, uh, challenges scared me because I didn't know what, you know, didn't know if I had the experience to get through them. Uh, now I'm, I'm not afraid of a challenge uh, because I've, you know, gone through several of them, number one. And number two, uh, I have, I've really learned that, um, if there's a challenge I can't handle, I can find somebody to help me to help me get through it. And I'm not afraid to, you know, ask for help. And I think that's a big key for me is not being afraid to say, hey, I don't know. And help me hear somebody that does know. Absolutely. Well, on that same note, so when you have those moments of self-doubt, is because we all do, even successful right. entrepreneurs, we get in, is that 
is that how you deal with it today is, is you step back and go, you know, who is it that I need to reach out to or how do I overcome this? How do you deal with the self-doubt that, that you, you come face to face with from time to time? I've got a core group of people um, that I go to. Uh, we spend quite a bit of time together, you know, throughout the year. And uh, we just kind of, it's, it's not really a club of any kind. It's just a, a group of guys that I've been either friends with or in business with for the last 20 years. And um, we'll sit down and we'll just kind of open up and expose all our issues and, and our fears and concerns. And uh, fortunately, I have this group that we're very confidential. And so we don't, we don't go out and talk about it because it, it's it's a very strong group to be with. Number one, number two, uh, there's nothing there's nothing hidden, and uh, and so whether it's personal or business, we all just sit down and talk about it. And it's it's a that's 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 probably the second thing I do. But um, the first thing I do is I'm I'm, uh, I'm I don't want to say I'm a Christian, but I'm a spiritual person. I am a Christian. I'm, I'm religion is I guess the wrong word. Uh, I spend I spend time in prayer, and uh, that that is that's my first go to is is okay, Lord, what do you what do you got planned here, and what how can you help me and open my eyes to what I need to see, and that's always for for most of my life has always been the core value of who I am is to know where where I came from and whose I am. A- absolutely, and you know, um, I I think you hit on some core issues here that we want to really. The word I'm looking for is inspiration, but but support and encourage entrepreneurs. Um, you talk about your group and your prayer, and you know, being an entrepreneur really is an isolated thing. And what we what we know is if we can come together with a community of like minded people, where we can all engage and be honest and confidential. Um, we end up to, we all rise together. And it's one of the things Mm -hmm. we do small group workshops uh, in different markets. And that those are the key ingredients of it is I often say, I'm just there to facilitate breakfast. You know, I joke about it right? because when the group comes together and we, we share what we're all struggling with and, and we can tap into each other's experience and knowledge it, it helps us overcome some of the things like you've talked about. And uh, I don't know, it would be one piece of advice. I think that anyone listening to this show, that's not part of a group like that, I would say, find your group. Uh, and I think you'd probably agree with that. Wouldn't you, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. You know, as we're discussing the strategic coach, um, I looked so forward to that because the, the longer that I went, the closer that I become to the class. And um, we were, you know, tremendous amount of knowledge and experience in the classroom. But I really enjoyed meeting before and afterwards because these people became your friend and, and friends, and you got to know them, and they got to know you. And, and uh, it, it was a every time I came back from one of those, I, I felt like that, you know, starting over fresh because of the ability to, to discuss some of the things I was going through. That's right. That's right. Well, I hope people listening kind of take that, you know, and, and maybe um, reach out to us if they want to find a group that they can be a part of, because I think it's so essential. Jerry, take us through Rico Enterprises today. What, what's a typical day in the life of Jerry Reed? Uh, we have a superb team. I have an office manager that's been with me for almost 26 years. Um, and then got a, a couple of ladies that work for her. 
So I get up and come in, and then we've got we've got some amazing estimators now and some really good project managers and superintendents. I feel like I've got the best team I've ever had. I am a producer, for lack of better terms, for years. I was the only producer. Uh, go out, I'd find the deals, bring them in, bid the deals, run the deals, and clean up the stop, the, the, the projects. Uh, I'm still a producer, but I'm more of a producer with a team now. Uh, we have a big board in one of our rooms in here that identifies all the projects that we're looking at. <clears throat> I was just standing in front of it about an hour ago going, where did all these projects come from? And so the team, I, I really have just backed off probably four or five years ago. And um, we have a real good bonus program in place. And, and we're kind of a big family now compared to what it was in the past. And so... I'm really enjoying the the benefits of we, had, we we went away from the individual offices and we created a bullpen and I'm, I still have a private office but and we had a situation once or three years ago where the building that we're in got hit by a tornado and so at that building we primarily had all individual offices so when we moved into this new building we we moved into it basically overnight and uh, it was just one big open room for the most part. Well, as we started building it out, it was interesting to me that people come in and said, can we just, can we leave our cubicles? Can we just stay? You know, uh, they didn't want individual offices. And it's kind of fun to just sit back and listen to them. Hey, on this project over here, and they'll be talking to each other and all of them in a big group. And that's, um, that's very rewarding to me because um, uh, it's, it's very, the continuity is amazing when you got the right team in place and there's nobody jockeying for position and uh, everybody feels like that they're their family, and they feel like they're working together and for a common goal. And uh, it's just uh, it's it's by far outstripped my my anticipation uh, as to what this company could turn into. But again, it goes back to what I originally said. I just I delegate and kind of get out of the way because I got people in here with a tremendous amount of talent. I do when it comes to construction industry. It's fun to watch. Well, and congratulations because that I think that's what we all aspire to with our organizations. I'm, I want to go back, though, Jerry, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, and they're very technical in their skills like you, and they're, they're solo entrepreneurs, and sometimes there's a fear level to making a transition to bringing in other people. Tell us a little bit, what was that transition like for you when you started to add people and you stepped back a little bit from that whole day-to-day um, sales that you used to do? Well, any entrepreneur, for lack of better terms, it's your baby. You know, I mean, it's, you've, you've, you've brought it back to life several times from start to where you are today. And so handing that baby off is, is scary. And uh, so I, back years ago, I'd hand the baby off. And then if I thought something was wrong, I'd take it back. And, and I did that several times. And I finally realized that I'm not really a, a I don't need to manage people. You know, I, that's not. It's not necessary to get the right people in place. So when I was able to kind of let the reins go a little bit more at a time uh, and not keep running back in and taking over, uh, it, it, it caused the people that could handle it to surface and those that couldn't sunk. And uh, it became pretty evident real quick when, uh, oh, several years ago, I uh, was told, if you recall, you and the strategic coach, uh, that said the, the least productive person on your team sets the minimal acceptable standard of production. And I said, whoa, go say that again. So the instructor said it again. I said, so you mean if my desire on a scale of one to 10 is for my employees to work at an eight, 
for the company to be the success that I want it to be and for me to be able to bonus out the amount that I want to be. And I got somebody working at a six. That means everybody else knows all I have to do is work at a seven because they're not good. The other guys will be fired first. She said, exactly. I came back and, and let two people go because they weren't <laughs> stepping up to the plate. And when you do that, uh, when I did that, I saw the balance of the team almost appreciate it because they felt like when we got to talking about it, they felt like that their bonuses were impacted by the people that, that weren't given the draw. And um, so it just it just started people coming to the surface and uh, appreciating being appreciated. I think is a key. I appreciate my people. I love my people, and they know that. And uh, uh, and I tell them that. And so I'm not the least bit afraid to walk in and say, man, I appreciate what you guys are doing. And, you know, and, and I do. So it's not, it's not just making that up. I do appreciate it because it gives me the liberty to, I probably don't spend two hours a day at the office. And right. I don't, I don't need to. Well, and I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that's really interesting um, from a dynamic standpoint, right? And I think a lot of business owners are afraid to do that type of stuff, but sounds like you saw some some good dividends come from making those changes. Absolutely. And and the thing that I enjoy the most, and I wouldn't suggest you do this until you get the right people on your team, but um, if my people are not the least bit afraid to come in and say, hey, wh- why are you doing this? Or why are you doing that? Or why shouldn't we be doing this? They, they feel like they have ownership in this place. And they do. And uh, it, it's just rewarding because I'm not the only, you know, ultimately I'm the responsible party, but, uh, they're having, they're really everyone up here really helping helping us paddle this, this boat downstream and they'll if you called any one of them right now and said hey you think your cherry really cares I promise you they'd say yes he does and that, and that matters to me. Well, congratulations! Sounds like you you've gotten to where a lot of people might be listening to the show today are are interested in in getting themselves to. Jerry, let me ask you this because we talk about freedom as entrepreneurs a lot in the work that we do. I'm curious what freedom as an entrepreneur for Jerry Reed looks like. Freedom to me as an entrepreneur is it not, it doesn't, I'm not limited to one source of income, basically a paycheck. You know, I uh, uh, I have the ability to go out and create and, and uh, you know, invest in real estate deals and, and buy properties and different projects. And uh, one of the things that, that, that I'm very appreciative of is, um, we have a group that we run with, uh, architects and, you know, all the facilitators to, to construct a project. But I also have a group of investors. And um, so we do a lot of medical buildings and, and my group and I own several of them. But what I bring to the table is the ability to construct. And not that I wouldn't do it anyway, but everybody knows if I got skin in the game, it's going to be it's going to be done top notch. And uh uh, so we've been very, very blessed and very successful in that endeavor by, and so it's created, you know, several streams of income. You know, you know, it's, it's just go out and find ways to, to do things to benefit you and others. And, and like I say, I don't just hit a time clock and pick up a check and try to live off of it. How long did it take you before you came to that realization in your entrepreneur career, your entrepreneurial journey, we'll say? When I was primarily in the electrical business, uh, I would see these contractors and I would think I can do that. I can do that, you know? And, and so I ran out and I tried it and it worked, um, you know, over a period of time, let me say. And then I started saying, well, how do I multiply this? How do I make this thing, you know, grow exponentially? And so I started finding 
people that I knew that were in the real estate business of some form or fashion. And I said, hey, why don't we why don't we start buying some projects, buying some little properties and fix them up and see what we could do with them. And, and it, it took someone, I'm not patting myself on the back, but it took someone willing to step up to the plate and say, let's do it. Well, once you said, let's do it and started doing it, I, I had people that fell in behind me. And it just took that one one property, we got it, and, and uh, we remodeled it and built it up and then sold it. And everybody's kind of sitting around going, man, you know, I made one half of my annual salary off this one deal. <laughs> and, and so it's like, let's do that again. And it's uh, it's when you start getting a little cash back and start, you know, I, I found that when you start saving uh, and it gives you a comfort zone, uh, you'll start saving more and finding other ways to make money. And it's and, and the ways to make money is, is to create and surround yourself with people that can help you do that. Well, I, I love, again, I go back to, you know, it's your team, it's the organization right, around you. But the other thing you said that, that I want to highlight is, you know, you did that first deal and a lot of people would take that money and I hate to say it, but they go blow it, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. that was easy. And, and you you were smart enough to realize, hey, if we put this into the next deal and then the next deal right. and then the next deal. And um, that, so I love that story. J- curious, Jerry, it, as we're coming towards the end of today's show, I, I always want to ask, like, what advice would you give for entrepreneurs out there today, whether they're young entrepreneurs in their career or older, you know, we, we call them second half entrepreneurs. Um, with all the experience that you have and all that you've accomplished, what advice would you share? I think you'll remember this and strategic coach. It was very powerful for me is to measure backwards and plan forward. Because uh, I don't think anybody has ever, well, very few people, if any, are ever to the point that they thought they'd be. So a lot of times if we look, if we just look at where we are compared to where we thought we would be, you can get disappointed uh, you can probably start asking yourself questions of, was I really supposed to do this? But if you'll stop and look back two years, three years ago to where you were compared to where you are now, it'll, it'll put a smile on your face. You're like, man, I'm, I'm, I really, made, I really made, it, made some distance here. So don't, I mean, you know, like I said, learn to teach a coach. Always look at where you came from. And that gives you more than just one concept here. You know, wow, look where I was, look where I am. But when you also look back to it, look where I was. You know, you can go, hey, <laughs> I had some help getting here. So to me, being an entrepreneur, it almost sounds like it's a, it's an individual position, an individual run. And it, it, that's the last thing in the world anybody needs to look at is, is I'm on my own. No, you're not. You're out amongst a bunch of people that are really trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. Don't hesitate to capitalize on the relationships. That is really, really good advice. Um and I, I think we all could do a little better job of not giving ourselves such a hard time if we're not where maybe ultimately that vision is, as long as we're making progress. And that's one of the things we talk about is we're just getting started. And I think if we right. take that if we take that approach every day, every week, every month, every year, it's just don't give up, right? Um, right, right, never. Jerry, th- this has been great. Um, I think you've shared some really good stuff with us today. If somebody listening to the show wants to reach out and learn a little bit more, maybe ask you a question or learn more about Rico Enterprises, how, how does somebody go about doing that? Uh, my web, my email address is jerry at ricoent.com. That's J-E-R-R-Y at R-E-C-O-E-N-T.com. 
and uh, just shoot me an email and we'll, we'll get together. Wonderful. Well, guys, you've been listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Listen, don't don't forget to check out our website at epicsbiz.com. That's epicsbiz.com. If you have questions, comments, uh, you can reach me at rick at epicsbiz.com. We'll have notes from today's shows. And until next time, remember, you're just getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.